Hey guys, welcome to episode number 46, Safety as a Solo Woman Traveller. You are listening to Solo Women Travel Tribe Podcast with your host, Zena Jones. Learn, inspire, share, and connect with fellow solo woman travellers from all over the globe. Hello my friends, welcome back to the podcast. So this episode today is being recorded from my Airbnb in Waikiki in Honolulu, Hawaii. I have spent probably the last month, I think, traveling around the US and this is my final stop. So from here I fly back to New Zealand for three days and then on to the Cook Islands, Rarotonga, for approximately two weeks then back to New Zealand and the big adventure or trip is over. Um, I think I'm going to do another podcast about that because I did a Facebook live inside the tribe recently and talked about like the fear of judgment for returning home. So I think that's going to be the next podcast. So keep an eye out for that. Um, But today we are talking about safety as a solo woman traveler. Now you have probably listened to episode number one, the very first episode I did back when I really had no idea what I was doing (laughs) recording this podcast. The first episode was all about safety as well, but that episode has had probably the most downloads out of all episodes, which I think is kind of natural because safety is such a hot topic for us as women. It is something that we are often quite concerned about when we travel solo. But also it was the first episode, therefore it's been available for the longest. So I thought it was a good idea to do an update because I have learned so much about safety from all of you in the tribe and the community and also in the past sort of four to five months in this journey that I've been on, I have learned a whole lot more as well. So it'll be a refresher of some things that we have talked about before, but it'll also be some new stuff. And I put word out into the tribe if they had anything they wanted to add. So I've got a few things to read out from you guys as well, which I love to do. All right. So first of all, use social media. So social media can actually be a really good tool to help in keeping you safe. So you can do things like post on Facebook with the check-in. So you can check into, say, the Hilton Hotel in Waikiki so your friends and family can see that you have arrived safely and you've checked into XYZ Hotel. Or you might post photos, so whether that be on Facebook or on Instagram. And you can also tag locations. Uh, You can... You know, if you were at, say, the Hard Rock Cafe, you could, you know, post a picture of your meal on Instagram and, you know, say, hey, enjoying my food here at the Hard Rock Cafe, what awesome staff they have. So it's basically, you know, a record of where you have been. So it's an account of where you've been and where you currently are as well. So there's things like Instagram stories as well. You could use Twitter. Um, I'm not I'm not a huge Sorry, I don't have a lot of knowledge about Pinterest, but I'm sure that you could use that as well. So social media, it can be a really good way of tracking where you've been and what you're up to, and therefore that can help to keep you safe. All right, next is to wear your handbag or your backpack across your body or over your front. So with my handbag, the majority of the time I have worn it instead of on my shoulder, just across my body. That is much harder for somebody to to grab it off my shoulder and run off with it. 
and also it just gives me the ability to keep an eye on it, make sure that it's zipped up um, and that nothing is going awry. You can also wear your backpack on your front. Don't worry about looking like a dick. <laughs> We've all done it, let's be honest. <laughs> and at the end of the day, if, it, if it's safer for you to do that, then that's the most important thing. So, you know, just judge your surroundings. And if you need to do that, then then move your bag to the front. And that brings me to number two, be aware of your surroundings. So, you know, when you're in a foreign place, be more cautious and aware of your surroundings. So take a good look, take everything in, notice where people are, you know, notice where the vehicles are, notice where the pedestrian crossing is, notice where you know, if you're staying somewhere for maybe a week, notice where the nearest police station is or where some of the cafes are and some of the restaurants and things like that, some of the more public places. Just get a lay of the land. Be aware of your surroundings. Next is to ask the locals in your hotel or your hostel or when you check into an Airbnb for anything that you should be aware of. They should have the most up-to-date and relevant information of any maybe scams or um, any unsafe areas that you should avoid, that sort of thing. So ask them for some advice. Next one, do your research. So when I'm researching a trip, like I'll always look up, you know, the most, you know, nice places to photograph. I, I like to do photography, so I'll look up things like that, but also I will look up how to get from here to here, I'll look up safety, I'll look up any scams. Doing your research will really help you to have an idea of what to expect before you arrive, and that can be really beneficial in terms of safety. Next, arrive before dark. I think this one is hugely important. I was unable to do this when I arrived into Guatemala and had to get a taxi to Antigua, which was like roughly an hour to an hour and a half away. And I was feeling really anxious because it was pretty much pitch black outside. So if you can arrive before dark, you can get the lay of the land, you can see the surroundings, and you have an idea of where you are and what's going on around you. Don't walk around any dark alleys in the middle of the night. Use your common sense. So, I don't know, we've probably all heard of or seen some movie where something horrible happens to somebody down a dark alley late at night, right? <laughs> we all know that one. So, you know, use your common sense. Don't do stupid things like that. And that brings me to my next one, which is trust your gut. If it feels off, it probably is. So trust your gut. And if it if it's, you know, if it doesn't feel right, don't don't question it. Just go away from it. Just walk off. You don't want to find out the hard way. Just go the other way. One that I like to do is get a local SIM card or a travel pack in advance. So I have been doing this all the way through South and Central America. I made sure that my cell phone was unlocked, which is something you need to check that your phone is unlocked. You can take it into your local provider to find out. And then I would buy SIM cards everywhere I went. For me, it's peace of mind knowing that I can contact anyone I need to. I can access the internet. I can use Google Maps. I can go onto Google Translate. All of those things. Yes, a lot of them have offline features, which is fantastic. But for me, it was just peace of mind to have that local SIM card and to know that I could contact my friends and family at any point in time. 
I know that's not for everyone, but it's it's one of my tips for sure. And you can get like a travel, like a global SIM card, I think that's the word I want, travel pack uh, for your phone, or you can do roaming and things like that. So you can always look at those options. All right, if you feel unsafe whilst you're out and about, head for a public place. So that could be a park, a cafe, a restaurant, a tourist attraction, that sort of thing. And if you need to, if you feel like maybe you're being followed or you feel very vulnerable, seek out a fellow woman and ask her for help. Imagine if somebody came up to you in a cafe and you could tell that they were really frantic, really upset, even if you didn't speak their language. If a woman came up to you and you could tell that maybe she thought she was being followed or she didn't understand what was going on and she was trying to ask you for help, of course you would try and help her. So seek out a fellow woman and head to a public place if you feel unsafe. Now, this is one of my all-time favorite uh, tips, and that is to register your travel with your local government or embassy. So, for example, in New Zealand, we have a website which is called safetravel.govt.nz. I know that Australia has this, the US, US of A has this, the UK has this, and a lot of other countries as well. They all have their own individual government or embassy websites. So see if your country has that. Then you can register your plans. So for example, whilst I was in Belize and when I was in Costa Rica and when I was in um, Brazil, the government knew that I was there. I'd put in rough dates that kind of overlapped each other, which is totally fine. You can do that. So that the government knew if anything happened, say for example, there was a massive earthquake in Costa Rica. I use that example because there were earthquakes when I was in Costa Rica and it was a bit scary. So if there was a massive, you know, destructive earthquake whilst I was in Costa Rica, the government would know to email me all of the advice, all of the warnings, all of, you know, the information on what to do, where my nearest embassies were, and they would make contact with me to try and see if I was okay. So they, they can send you updates before you travel on, you know, any warnings for the, the areas that you're looking at traveling to, and they can keep you updated whilst you're there. So I think that's a really sensible thing to do. All right, next is if you're meeting someone that you don't know, so for example, if you're meeting a fellow member from our tribe, or maybe you're even going on a Tinder date, something like that, send the details of who that person is that you are meeting where you're meeting, and what you plan to do. So send that information to a close friend or a family member who can check in on you. Check in on you. So that maybe you say um, 30 minutes after we're due to meet, just send me a text or something like that. They can check in on you, and also they know where you are and what you're up to. Okay, so just as a bit of safety. Next, leave copies of all of your travel plans, anything that you've made in advance, that is, with friends or family. So I always leave a copy of my flight details, a copy of my travel insurance, and any accommodation or tours that I have pre-booked, I'll leave copies of that with a friend and a member of my family as well, just to cover all bases. Always take travel insurance. Did you notice how I paused after that? <laughs> that was for effect. Okay, I think that is number one for me. Always take travel insurance. 
I have claimed on my insurance many a time, but it's it's like I've said this so many times. It is a safety net, you know. So it is there to catch you if you fall, but you don't want to fall. It's it's just so important. It really is. And it can save you thousands and I have seen it, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So take travel insurance. You don't want, you know, to be dealing with that that worst case scenario. You really don't. And it's also knowing that you can literally make a phone call and somebody will help you. You know, if you're in a car accident in Vietnam, for example, and you need some surgery and then you also need to change your flights and all of the rest of your travel plans for the next couple of months and you need to fly home, maybe you need to have a person flown over to support you whilst you're in hospital, instead of arranging that and doing it all yourself, you literally call your insurance company and there is a support person at the end of the phone to help you and to help with all of that. So that's my number one, guys. Always take travel insurance. Always. All right. Be careful with money. Don't carry too much and have a mixture of methods. So for example, I will always have some cash. I'll have my credit card. I'll have another bank card or ATM card. And sometimes you can also have a travel card too. So like a cash passport passport or a loaded for travel card. Just be careful. Don't, Don't flash your money in public places and separate out where you store it. I think that's really important. So the good idea is to maybe hide some cash inside a tampon box or I'll often put a bit of cash in one of my cards inside a pair of socks. And then mix it up. So put, say, cash in socks and then put your card in, I don't know, inside your makeup bag or something like that. So mix it up so that it's spread out. That way, you know, if you do have your wallet wallet stolen or taken or misplaced or anything like that, you've always got a backup. And I think that's really important. So yeah, mix it up. Okay, don't get drunk. (laughs) When you are drunk, your guard is way, way down and you are a lot more likely to receive unwanted attention. If you want to drink, just have a couple of drinks, but always be careful and keep your wits about you. Let's all be honest. We know that the more we drink, the more relaxed we become. And then in that, the more we lose our ability to fend off unwanted attention and the ability to use our gut or our instincts as well. So be very careful with how much you are drinking. To ward off unwanted male attention, you can also wear a fake wedding ring on your ring finger. And if someone tries to chat with you, you can just wave your finger and say, oh, I'm married, no thank you, and just turn away. All right, my next one here is to act confident. We've all heard that saying, fake it till you make it. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of that saying, but I think in this instance, it it can actually be very, very helpful. Act confident and do fake it until you make it because the more you pretend to be confident, the more likely you are to start to believe that you are confident and become confident. So go for it. Dress like a local. So the more you blend in, the less likely you are to become approached and received unwanted attention. So you could even Google ahead of time as part of your research, what do the local women wear? And, you know, it's, it's even when you get to Bali, for example, I mean, 
there's there's shops everywhere so you can just pick something up on day one really really cheap and you can you know fit right in really so I think it's really important to try and dress like a local as much as you can especially in some countries where you know you do want to blend in some places you don't mind it sticking out and being like a tourist but sometimes for safety it is best for you to blend in so bear that one in mind all right next if you are in trouble yell yell and draw attention to yourself do not be afraid to get your voice out there (laughs) and yeah create a scene make a big big scene and draw attention to yourself so that someone will come and help you so next is consider purchasing a portable door lock or even one of those little wedges that you can put under the hotel door I haven't done that and it is something that I might consider for future. Um, most hotels have like that little lock mechanism, I wouldn't know what to call it, that you push across the door. So, But I have come across a few that didn't, and I did find I didn't sleep as well. So just having a little wedge that you could put under the door is sometimes even peace of mind. So for me, literally, it would have been peace of mind and I would have slept better. But of course, it is helping with safety as well. Alright, so next I want to go and tell you guys what everyone in the tribe had to say and read out some of their suggestions. So some of them um, I'm not going to read out because they will be double ups of things that were already on my list and that I've already said, but there are a few that I want to mention. So the first one is actually from Jessie and it reiterates what I just said, which is I like to feel safe in my room when I am asleep. So I often put my bag in front of the door. But since I have found out about the many styles of portable door locks, I will definitely be getting one of those for future trips. Definitely agree with that. Good advice. Alicia has said, I like to make sure I have my hostel or hotel name and address written down or on a business card if they have one. That way, if my phone runs out of battery or gets taken or anything like that, I can still get back to my accommodation. Yes, that is a really good tip. And also, if you're in a foreign country that, you know, speaks a different language, sometimes it's good to have it written down in the local language so that you can show your taxi driver or show a local to help you to get back to your your accommodation. Joanna has said, always have offline maps downloaded enough and enough cash to buffer any quote-unquote oh shit moments. <laughs> I really like that one. And the ability to tell people to F off when necessary. So I guess she means if you are in a really tricky situation, don't be afraid to get your voice out there and use it. I think this is Ayn Ayn Mitchell. I hope I'm saying your name right. Know some self-defense. Always watch your drink the bartender making it, and having bottled drinks makes this easier, I think. Always have your itinerary or plan, or it's give your itinerary or plans to somebody else. Yes. I think knowing self-defense is a really great tip that she has pointed out there, and and mentioning watching your drinks. Um, I have been the unfortunate, unfortunate recipient of having a spi- spiked drink uh, many years ago now, but... I can tell you it was very unpleasant. So, And if you were to be a solo woman traveler, I can imagine that that would 
be a horrible experience. So definitely watch your drinks. Great advice. Marlo has said that if you meet people when you're out, don't give out information such as your hostel name, etc. Lead people to believe that you are traveling with a friend who is meeting you back at your hostel or hotel or at oh sorry, at a pre-organized time so that you have an out if things become weird or uncomfortable. Also, pack a doorstop for your door to stop any unwanted entry. Doorstop, that was the word I should have used before, definitely. Yeah, and I think what Marlo has said is is really valid. You know, I have said many a time to different people, oh, no, I'm not traveling on my own. I'm meeting a friend. She's already here or, you know, like the taxi driver on the way to an accommodation or, um, you know, if you meet people in a bar, oh, no, my friend's back in the, the hotel. She wasn't feeling well, you know. So don't be afraid to use that as well. Um, if it makes you feel less vulnerable in the moment, then go, go ahead and do that. Namita has said, wear a safety alarm that is super loud and easy to operate. Just press off a button and a super loud siren begins until you press it again to stop it. I've never had to yet to use it so far, thankfully, but it does make me feel safer when I'm walking back to my stay late at night or even in general. Interesting, I have seen those uh, safety alarms that you can get, like I think like a, a necklace that you can wear around your neck. Um, I'm sure there's different versions of that, but that's great advice. If if you do feel like you need it, then that is a blimmin' good thing to purchase. I'm sure that one hell of a loud siren would make somebody run away from you pretty quickly. <laughs> okay, Joni has said, I love martial arts and will always push more people to do them. The biggest thing you get out of this is not to know how to defend yourself. The biggest thing you get out of it is not to know how to defend yourself. Okay. It's the confidence you get knowing that you know how to defend yourself. Okay. So she's basically saying the biggest thing is the confidence in knowing how to defend yourself. I was once followed back to my hostel and when I noticed him following me, I turned around and shouted at him to leave. I had taken down guys twice as big as him and I was not scared of him. Yeah, so that just reiterates the self-defense, really, and that it's a confidence in knowing that in, in a situation like that, you can stand up for and defend yourself. So also it's fun, you know, to do a self-defense class, you will meet other people, and it can be quite fun. Martial arts is really good exercise, so that's great fun too. Hannah has said that she's currently doing a scooter ride around Taiwan, and with the recent storms and typhoons, as she's going around... She has been checking in with friends multiple times a day. Yes, and I think that's a great idea. Keeping in touch with your friends and family. Have like a set regular check-in time so that they know they will hear from you by XYZ every day. And that if they don't hear from you, you should have provided them with a copy of your itinerary so they know where you are and where to look for you um, or who to start to contact to try and track you down. Alright, that was the extra ones from the tribe. Thank you ladies for all of your advice and be safe out there everybody. That is it from me this week. Wishing you all very safe, very happy travels, huge love and I will talk to you again next week. Take care, bye bye. I hope today's episode has been helpful for you. 
If you would like to ask me any questions or give any feedback or comments, pop on over to Solo Woman Travel Tribe. I would love to hear from you guys and connect. Now, if you want to get your hands on my copy of the top five things you need to know as a solo woman traveler, it's not what you think, then head on over to www.solowomantraveltribe.com forward slash download. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you are not already a member of our Solo Woman Travel Tribe, then please come and check us out at www.facebook.com slash groups slash Solo Woman Travel Tribe. Thanks again, and I hope to see you over in the group.